Hi, this is James from the Birmingham Marketing Meetup. I hope you guys are all well. Just a quick introduction to this talk, which is by a chap called Ash Phillips. Um, he is the founder of a entrepreneurial network called Yenna. Um, and he's been running it for a few years. Um, it has a lot of similarities to the marketing meetup. Um, Ash has been doing it a bit longer than, uh, than we have, um, but we had a fireside chat, but without sitting by a fire. So we kind of had a chat. Um, and uh, it's really good because I think uh, for a lot of young people out there starting their own business, it shows um, how Ash has managed to manage to do this and how he's built a business based on really strong values um, and he's doing exceedingly well. Um, he's also just a downright lovely chap, which is great. Um, and I think you'll enjoy, this is a slightly different format because it's kind of a Q&A, um, but hopefully you'll, uh, you'll enjoy that. Um, once again, Barry, what a legend at Bravo Marketing. Thank you so much for sorting these podcasts out. Um, we really appreciate you uh, you doing this. Um, if you need help with podcasting, clearly Barry is the guy to go to as we've gone to him. Um, and if you want more information from the marketing meetup, then head to the website, go and check out the Facebook group, follow the hashtag, the marketing meetup. Um, and yeah, get involved because we're trying to uh, deliver more value for you this year and get more and more content out there that can help you grow as a marketer. So, um, so yeah, enjoy the chat and um, yeah, we'll see you soon. So for me, I mean, there's probably more to add to yeah, that. Yeah, sure. But, um, one of the things I was really interested to understand were, um, you know, the values of the marketing meetup were really important that I talked about at the beginning. Um, I'd be really keen to hear some of the values of Yenna, where they've come from, um, and you know, and how that's helped sort of shape the the group. Sure. Okay. So first things first, um, and this is my challenge as a marketer. So my background's in agencies too. Um, I left my last agency like three years ago. Um, and so the irony is our marketing is a bit rubbish, but I think when you're good at it, you kind of leave it. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's worth uh, setting straight that Yenna is just the name now, Yenna. Um, we started as a organization that was a networking organization for young entrepreneurs, hence the name and the acronym. But we rapidly got to a point where we were never supposed to be a business, uh, invented a business model out of what we did uh, in line with the demands and the asks and the problems of the people in our community and what they wanted. Uh, and then started signing people up. This is a, a real short version of the story. And then uh, people were signing up. We had this USP, which was under 35, great. One day somebody was 34 and they signed up and they said, does that mean I have to leave next year? Commercially, that makes no sense. Um, and, uh, and morally, and this leads me into core values, that also didn't sit right with me. And so how do we continue running this meetup-led organization that was already always for young entrepreneurs, but create a product that's applicable to all? Um, and now as a marketer through and through, I've got this challenge of balancing this once was acronym that stood for something, changing the typography and the language and, and the comms around the word that we use and turning it into a platform, which is a platform for startups to help them start and grow remarkable so businesses. Like can join. So you can. So this is the thing right so anyone can be uh, a member of Yenna now it's a subscription service that helps solve all the challenges that startups have that's the aim um, 
plus we run this amazing community that's a social impact initiative that connects the next generation of founders and ambitious rebels as we call them so it's a weird analogy in the way that if linkedin started meetups for young ambitious professionals now then it would be cool linkedin's this platform that has these meetups we just did it the other way around not the way like linkedin but I have to change that understanding. Uh, maybe we need to do a campaign, uh, change that understanding of what Yen is and how it works. So that leads me to the core values. And the core values are, in a nutshell, and we can dive deeper in this if you, if you want, but um, are born out of uh, the reasons we started, which were starting and growing a business or being somebody who's really driven in a C-level role or a high-level role. Is, properly bloody hard like you're working long hours and it's quite lonely and it's stressful and if you're doing it on your own it's expensive and the learning curves massive and it never stops so you have to come to things like these how do you solve all of that in one place um, and that's what we wanted to do so to do that we had to be quite independent there's one core value we needed to we were a non-profit for three years couldn't get funding um, for many reasons that I'm, I can answer later if you want um, we ended up commercializing to be able to do that on our own terms and so uh, one of our core values is to always be on our own terms we've hesitated to raise any funding ever we've done everything we've done on 300 quid to uh to, to remain on our own and that's that's sacrifice to get there to do things on our own terms and frankly the biggest word that's uh, at our core values is rebellious everything we do and i, I there's this narrative around disruption nowadays of course which is a little bit of a parody of itself but Rebellion is kind of what we're about. It's the people that are kind of square pegs and round holes. And we want to build a community that they feel like they belong to because otherwise they feel like they don't really belong anywhere. And that's where I come from. Yeah, so, no, that's really cool. yeah, kind of whistle stop tour to, yeah, get to, no, no, to no, the answer really, to your question. Really interesting. I, you know, I know we've, you, me, and Joe, who, who is um, the guy that started the marketing meetup, we had a Skype call the other day and, and there were so many things that we were kind of like, yeah, we're exactly the same. But, you know, <laughs> it, was, it was really encouraging. Um, Joe and I, I haven't told us this, we had. Um, really interesting talk with a big uh, SaaS product um, for marketers the other day to be a title sponsor. Amazing. And we were really excited to talk to them and then we got on a, on a Skype call to them and realised that they just weren't on the same page. As yeah. So yeah. some of the really important things as a community sat in front of us is that we want to offer you value, we don't want to be selling to you. You know, these events are paid for by the sponsors but we don't want to feel like it's a false thing. And um, so yeah. we were selling, you know, we were saying to this uh, brand that it, it was trust. Yeah. It's really important that we brought somebody on that we would buy from because there's this trust element for the community. Absolutely. And so we turned that opportunity away as Good. hard as that is. Good. Um, I'm, I'm interested to know whether you've, you've sort of, you know, with the values that you've got, that you've come across things where yeah. you've had to, you know, take that decision to, to not work with somebody or, yeah, so uh, actively at the moment and going forward. So um, we are, as you said, I suppose, kind of relatively speaking, a couple of years ahead and obviously different beasts, but founded in the same kind of uh, same ilk. We're, a, we're an in real life meetup that's given birth to a, a platform um, that will be a better platform going forward. Um, um, and those meetups now, we're in 16 cities, running 128 events a year, four and a half thousand people are connecting, all completely for free. 
um, that obviously is then my challenge to try to deliver a full value product that's worthwhile that they then subscribe to. Yeah. Gives me my commercial model. Right, there's one in Birmingham? There is one in Birmingham. It runs eight times a year. Yeah. Uh, you can go to it. You don't have to be a member. You can go along to it. My job is to build a good enough platform uh, and product that if you're in our demographic, then you might want to subscribe to it, and that's great. Um, but they're very sponsorable things. And yeah. so we realized this uh, probably way too late, um, but one of my things is not necessarily, uh, I think it's a it's like a humble brick thing of being too nice, too good. You want to give too much, and you're like, oh, I don't want to charge you for, for stuff. Um, and so, yeah, I didn't want to sell out, quote unquote. And uh, I realized this is a sponsorable thing, but I don't want to sell out. There's this equation that's quite simple in the fact that our business exists because of the people we attract into the community. If we lose the people in our community, we lose the whole business, just like Leah on the tours. If he starts trying to flog them this, that, and everything. You know, if they get links as a sponsor, for example, they'd have to come up with a really good connection to how it works with people in trades. Maybe there's a sweat angle, I don't know, uh, to, to make that work. If it's someone just too far out of the value alignment with their community, it's everybody's, people are smart. They're just gonna know that that's a sellout and so it's just not right. So for me, there have been times when people have come to us and said, hey, we'd love to get involved in your community. And I know everybody has their figure, supposedly, but frankly, if I sell out to the wrong company for, yes, money, great, but if I take that, then the short win of the cash up front doesn't do what is really important to me, which is help me impact people in the long term. Because uh, businesses take three to five to seven to 10 years to grow. If I take money for a year and then we undermine what we are, then we don't exist next year because everybody's gone and doesn't come to the events anymore. We have no product. So um, yeah, it's important to me to, to, to make sure there's alignment. So yeah, we do have brand partners. We only have those brand partners that are essentially sponsors, but we only have them because I would work with them whether they were partners or not. Yeah. Um, they're good people through and through, and that's that's important to us. Yeah, no, that's cool. Um, so I saw online that Nairobi and Melbourne mm -hmm. are, have have just launched. Which congratulations on that. Sure. Um, obviously, that's a huge step. You're now stepping over the water yeah. into into different continents. Um, have there been? I know it's very early days, but you know, has that been long? sort of in, in the making and have you learned a lot from it already or is it still sort of very early days? So uh, they're both different beasts actually. Um, so we, our first international city was Melbourne, weirdly, like if you're gonna go international, why not just go all the way around the other side of the planet and then everything else in between would be much easier. Uh, it's just organic. We're solving an emotional problem for people. They're frustrated. They're sat there in their bedrooms most of the time thinking, God, I really wanna start this thing. And they've got this partner or friend or family that's just bugging, that's annoyed because they just keep talking about it and never do anything about it. That was me for a number of years. Or they've started it and they just don't know how to grow it. And so they're looking for something Thing, practical to help them but also it's an emotional thing and because of that anyone who comes in touch with our brand generally buys in and they don't just want to be a customer they want to do something else which is amazing for me because there's a double bottom line almost um, and so anybody who engages with us and says hey this is great this should exist where I live um, will often if they're the right person do your pre-qualification will often turn around and say well yes it can do you want to run it um, and we've been very careful of, of making sure that we understand the value exchange and making sure that the value for that person is very much uh, uh, beyond what the responsibility of putting of the effort put in. So the reason you run this is because the output is probably more uh, than the input. It's a net gain rather than a net yeah. loss on your time. Um, 
so, so yeah, um, uh, so Melbourne launched and that was great. We just filled it with people. We don't have a .com website yet. We're still .co.uk with pound signs. So I wasn't expecting to sell anything, but if we can scale this event for free in another city on another continent on this planet, then within reason we can scale anywhere. And so that was a real test for us and we did it and worked and it's packed and I'm fairly sure it's running tonight slash tomorrow morning, like 10 a.m. it'll be running tomorrow or something. Um, I've never been, I've, not, I've barely gone out of Europe, like I've, I'm not well traveled at all. So when Nairobi came up, I honestly it was like, that's the capital city of where? It's in Kenya. Um, and that was, yeah, it's a different beast. So this uh, amazing woman um, called Anne had been following us on social, kind of a testament to, to marketing. Our marketing's terrible. Our PR's great, but our general marketing's rubbish. Um, but had been following us. Again, bought into the story. Starting a lingerie brand where she wants to have Kenyan women making clothes and then give back to the local economy. Brilliant, love that. Shipping worldwide. And so she was stuck, needed some help, wanted to come on as a member, has joined now as a member. Great, there's my nine pounds a month or the equivalent in her local currency. And then the question of, well, you know, your meetups don't exist in Kenya. Why? We don't have somebody to run them. She's already the sort of person that I'd love to run it. And so we've already had that conversation now and Abby and her are having a call next week about launching there. Um, and that's exactly the same for Singapore where we already exist and Berlin as well. And we're launching Mexico and Belfast, I think, too. Because that was actually one of, one of my questions was, was around recruitment. So mm. it's all, is it organic that it, that it happens? Yeah, so two types of recruitment. One is internal, it's a team of two at the moment. Abby joined, uh, I didn't even have a job to give her. I'm terrible at interviewing because I'll just want to give everybody a job because I just like people, it's great. I love people and hate people for the same reasons. But um, yeah, we had a coffee and I offered her a job and I couldn't even afford myself at the time. That was crazy. Um, but on the proviso that we just launched a membership, it was shit at the time, honestly, it was terrible. But people were paying because they'd come to three years of free events up front that when I launched it, they felt like they owed me. It's the Gary Vee, thank you economy thing, give up front and they'll, they'll pay in return. And I knew when we launched that 15 pounds a month membership that people would pay it for a certain period and I would have to iterate it fast enough to get it to a point where it's fit for purpose, otherwise people would leave. My assumption was that's about three months. So if it's no better in three months, I'll lose all these people and therefore we have no business. And uh, based on the rate of growth from the first month, Abby would be, um, Abby's our head of operations and events, the other person in the business. Um, she would be affordable to me as, a, as, a, as a, a staff member within three months if I sold at the rate that I could sell with another pair of hands. Made it by the skin of our teeth and we have just like nudged up over time to get to where we are now. So how to employ internally, have a coffee, just offer people jobs, it's great. Um, and then externally, as far as the expansion goes for events, I understand that this might not be as relevant for you guys because um, you know, it's kind of a, an individual beast that might be more relevant for you. But yeah, just I think the, the learning that can be taken away is having an emotional buy-in, like why? Why do people care? It's a Simon Sinek thing, right? Like what's the purpose? What's the value? What's the emotional buy-in? And if they buy into that, then they'll buy into the journey and they'll want to be involved in some way. And then my job commercially and practically is to make sure the value to them is greater than the input from them. And if I can make sure that they're bought in emotionally and they get more out than they put in, then it's an easy task to make every conversation a growth opportunity. Yeah, that's great. Well, I know, I know there's a few people that are in the midst of starting up their own business here great. In, in marketing. Um, you're obviously a very driven guy. You work incredibly hard, you know, watching some of your talks online. Um, you're clearly a grafter, um, but there's a lot of pressure on your shoulders. Um, I'm, I'm interested to know how you balance the pressure and fun mm. in your life 
um, and you know, but, but keep yeah, keep the balance basically. Sure. Yeah. I, uh, when you sent me over this question earlier, I was like, oh, that's an interesting one. For two, three years, up to the point we launched the business model and, and beyond, um, I was a workaholic, which I thought was cool at the time. There's this like hustle porn thing that's going on at the moment. Everybody's talking about how it's great to work. And you've seen it in, uh, and I'm not a big fanboy. I think he's cool and he's, he writes a good book, but um, there are lots of fan people for him, which is the Gary Vee approach, right? And, you've, and you've see, if you've followed his content over years, you've seen the dramatic shift in his narrative, which has gone from hustle, 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 24-7, 24-7, to still a bit of that, but actually way more wholesome. And it's like, it's about family time and it's about time yeah. off and downtime. And you're like, it's, I, can, I can tell already that's because your wife's had a go at you and your kids don't see you anymore. <laughs> and it's because you've realized that actually you need to be a human here. Like, I'm being an armchair economist right now because he's grown a greater business than I've ever seen, but uh, he's still a human and as we all are. So there's a question on sanity. Um, the greatest thing I did was just go cold turkey over one Christmas. Um, I got a business coach and wasn't the right business coach for me, but the one thing that was of benefit that he did was take me off my devices for like, I think he kept my laptop in his office every night for like a week after I went home. And it was just annoying, because I'm like, oh, I've got clients to respond to, this is really... But it did the job, and it made me realize now, from then to now, where I am right now, is I do this, I kind of call it, I don't know whether it's a bit douchey, but I kind of call it um, uh, purposeful or intense on time and off time. I used to be the guy that would like watch Netflix and send emails. And the truth is, you're never gonna understand really what's going on in your favorite Netflix show, and you're never gonna send a good email if you're trying to do both at the same time. It's way more effective if you send all those emails for like four hours or whatever it is, or do that job or whatever it is you need to develop uh, in a very productive, focused way and then take some intense time off, i.e. no work, no devices, no whatever. Um, uh, and that's been brilliant for me. It's helped me keep my sanity and it's made me way more productive when I'm in the office. Like I have no problem telling people about the fact that I'm a bit of a gamer. I'll go home on the evening and I won't even touch my emails anymore. I used to be emailing all hours of all day. Um, reality is as marketers, you'll understand value perception. If I'm actually harder to get a response from, it increases my value perception, which is a weird psychological uh, game to play. But yeah, it's just, it's just made me... Uh, yeah, time. Really is. Although I, I'm out of practice and I can't book holiday, so if anybody's able to do that for me, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so one of the final things that uh, I think is super relevant to, uh, to this audience, because I'm yes. conscious we're, we're very rapidly running out of time and you've got a train to get back to Bristol. Yeah. Um, you say that you're shit at marketing, uh, or yeah, there is, but uh, you know, everybody has their thing, yeah. Um, and you've obviously done really well, whether you're saying you're shit, you know, you're clearly not because it's, it's, been, a, it's been a really su successful journey. Um, which sort of marketing channels have worked for you? Undoubtedly, I think there's business level and personal level. So undoubtedly, the marketing channel that's worked for me is our events. It makes complete sense. We've created a scalable, almost free, experiential marketing model that we can expand globally. If we just have a call tomorrow with somebody somewhere, we can expand that there. And it will cost me essentially the amount that a banner will cost me to have our sponsors on that. That's it. And, and that's only because I'm cheap as hell. And I've got to a point where I would only let that happen once it's near a zero amount, which is great for our profitability going forwards because we can expand and grow. And if I know that three to 5% of our community that turns up to an event turns into a member, simple maths, it's more 
more events, more people, more people, more members, and then we grow and we grow and we grow. It's a snowball. So our events have been uh, brilliant, and I don't think they should be uh, looked over in a world of social, in a world of digital, in a world of uh, just data. In real life, conversations and relationships are the key to everything. People are your customers. People are your staff. People are your managers. People are your partners. People are your suppliers. Like meeting people is an important thing, and they're the people that are likely to be your biggest customers. Uh, Kay knows um, Spencer Gallagher, who I was lucky enough to have a, as a mentor for a while. And he did this thing for me really quickly and said, "Top three customers. Where did they, where did you get them from?" and ran through that. And the reality was they all came from seemingly random interactions that all just happened to be building my network at events and relationships. He said, there's no randomness there. It's just you're out there meeting people. The fact that agencies, you know, agencies don't do agency work for their own agency. And that's because agencies don't get clients that way. You don't get a client through an agency by doing digital marketing to people because the reason they need it is because they're not understanding how digital marketing works. Um, so yeah, meetups is the short answer to, to the question. Um, but personally, Twitter is my favorite platform. I think there are unused tactics that people are overlooking on Twitter because it gives you access to a audience of people that you can't find on Facebook and on LinkedIn, it feels like a sales pitch. If I drop into somebody's inbox on LinkedIn, they think I'm selling them something straight away. Um, I don't have a premium account, I'm not gonna do it. If I add them as a connection and I've never met them, that's still weird too. I've got 124 now, I think, connections waiting on LinkedIn from people I've never met. There's no message, there's no nothing, and if there is a message, it's like, hey, great, I saw you were friends with somebody in my network. Like, God, I'm not gonna connect with you. This is about real relationships for me. So, um, so Twitter is amazing. Half of our brand partners have come from Twitter. Now, this is what our brand partnerships are worth currently probably 50, 60 grand a year. How have I sent five tweets and got that much ROI from it? Reality is, it's a public forum. So the fact that it's a public forum, if they don't respond to me, they look rude. It's a customer service forum for most of these brands. So they have to respond to me. I have to ask that question within a 280 character limit. And that question is therefore like a closed question. Hey guys, I'm trying to speak to somebody about partnerships. Who do I contact? That works like 95% of the time. Now I understand for agencies this might be difficult because you have a different sale. You're trying to sell them the thing that on the platform that you're then engaging with them on. But for me, yeah, Twitter's been brilliant. Um, you can reach people you otherwise wouldn't be able to elsewhere. Brilliant. Okay, so where can people find out more about Yemen? Um, so you can come to the events. Um, we don't try to monopolize. Obviously there are different events for different things. This has been brilliant. Um, we actually do one fireside chat. Um, so there's more time to chat. Uh, but less time to learn. So it's like kind of peaks and troughs. Um, we do them in Birmingham eight times a year. Honestly, I can't even remember where it is. Thousand trades, I think maybe, something like that. Um, don't know where that is. It's on the website. Jump on the website, check the events out. You'll find it locally. If you want to find out any more about Yenna, it's yenna.co.uk. Just Google Yenna and you'll find it, basically. And if you have any questions, there's a chatbot on the website. It comes to my phone and I'll answer it on the train home. Awesome. Thanks, Ash. Amazing. Thank you.